0: Ready.
1: Now back to Heatwave Sports. Yes, ready for hour two. You're on Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 13.40 AM. You can join us every Saturday and Sunday night at 10 o'clock. Tim Unglesby, Tom Barton with you, breaking down the 2021 NCAA bracket. We've done the West, the East, and the South, so we have the Midwest left, Tom. And the Midwest, led by the number one seed, Illinois, take on Drexel in game number one. 8-9 will be Loyola Chicago against Georgia Tech out of the ACC. Tennessee, the five seed against the Pac-12 tournament champion, Oregon State Beavers, the 12 seed. Oklahoma State. Four seed against Liberty, the 13. Your thoughts on those four games?
0: Let's take a look. I mean, look, <laughs> you know, Illinois I had before the year. I like them. I just went on my rant about Illinois. I Drexel, here, here's a stat about Drexel, okay, that, that will make you just go, are you kidding me? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Just to kind of hammer down the Illinois is going to to hammer this team. They had their first four-game winning streak this year, their first one in five years. And somehow or another, they're in the tournament. Loyola, Chicago, Georgia Tech. I watch this Georgia Tech team. They're a good team. They are a good team. But I think that they are primed to get knocked off. Loyola has the best defense in the country. The best. I think that they get knocked off. I like Loyola to move on there. Uh, Oregon State can certainly upset Tennessee. They absolutely can. Oregon State's playing really well right now. They were supposed to be like fifth in the Pac-12. They are playing well right now. They can upset the Tennessee. If you're looking for that 12 matchup, might not be a bad situation right there. Um, and then Liberty against Okie State. Everybody is drooling over Oklahoma State. They are loving this team. And I'm looking at Liberty and saying, eh, they scare me. They scare me. But I'll put Oklahoma State for it.
1: In Liberty, a tournament team, though, last few years, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, Liberty's a team that, you know, you look at Oki State and people are just going crazy. Because why? Because Kay Cunningham. Liberty doesn't have anybody that can match up against that. But they're also not going to be intimidated by this team. It's not that kind of—they're just not that kind of team to go, uh-oh. Out. Big bad Okie State's coming in, you know. I mean, K. Cunningham has a little bit of that, but outside of that, no, I, I don't think that they're going to be. There's going to be much of an intimidation factor at all.
1: It, to me, and maybe it's just because I'm with you on it. I think Illinois is so good. Just that that top half, and even the the next four games will go over. I, I believe Illinois by far got the easiest path to the final four.
0: I, you know, I do too. Uh, I absolutely, do. I, and I thought that maybe I was overlooking it because I was looking too much into it because I wanted them to be good. You know that does happen where your your heart starts to kind of want them to be good. But I just keep going. Yeah, I think they do have the easiest. Path. I think they have an easier pet than Gonzaga. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Let the, 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 the debates begin. Mountain West fans. San Diego State, a six seed. I thought Tom no better than a seven, maybe an eight. There are people that thought San Diego State should have been higher than a six. I don't know where they get that from, but so be it. They'll play a 11 seed Syracuse, who gets in the tournament. West Virginia and Bob Huggins at three against Morehead State. The 710 is Clemson or Rutgers, and Houston, out of the American Athletic Conference, a two seed against Cleveland State.
0: Yeah, San Diego State, Syracuse. I like the 11 there. I like I like Syracuse to knock them off. I, to me. San Diego State was a team that should have been an eight seed. I'm with you. Eight or nine even. I I don't believe in this team. They have a good defense. Absolutely, right? Um, We know that. They cannot. The biggest disparity in this game, they are atrocious in free throw shooting. They're 144th in the country in free throw shooting. Syracuse, 15th. They're one of the best free throw shooting teams. So I like Syracuse for sure. Morehead State. West Virginia, you know, everybody's loving on West Virginia. They have not looked good. Defensive rebounds, they just don't get them, right? I mean, they just don't get defensive rebounds. Meanwhile, Moorhead Strength, they're nation's top 40 in defensive on offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. I think Moorhead State is a live dog here as a 14 seed. Then you go to Rutgers-Clemson. I like Rutgers. I do. I think Clemson is a decent team, but I've watched Rutgers this year. I've watched them take on some pretty impressive teams. Now, they're 1-7 against quad-win teams. I get it. Um, and Rutgers, uh, their only big win was at home, and they're different away from the rack, but I still think they get that win. And then Houston actually gets a pretty nice throw with Cleveland State. I don't think Cleveland State's going to put up much of a fight there.
1: Yeah, our buddy Chris Wynn knows all about San Diego State free throw shooting Tom, I don't know if you saw the, the ticket he posted on the Twitter. He lost... That game against uh, you was it half a point he lost, and then how many free throws did San Diego State miss down the stretch? <laughs>
0: oh wow, yeah. I mean, look when you rank 104, there. See, this is the game inside the game to me. You know, uh, you look at the spread on that game. The spread is a it, it's three tip right. So you look at the spread on a game like that, and you have a three point spread. That means that they're they're assuming the lines makers are assuming it's going to be a close game. I think so too. I think it's a close game. Who do you want at the end of the game? Do you want the team that's ranked 144th in shooting threes, uh, free throws? Or do you want the team that's ranked 15th? It's a massive disparity.
1: Talk a little bit about the two-seed Houston. Uh, re- really, really good season. Uh, they can score too, Tommy. I mean, what's, where's their, where their legs stand in the Midwest? Obviously, w- Illinois is the team. But how far do you push Houston as a two-seed? Or where? When, where would their liabilities be?
0: I think they lose to Rutgers the next game
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I mean I really I, I don't see Houston's being a threat I don't think they should have been a two seed I watched this Houston team I watched them play uh, you know in that conference and I I I saw them to me not even be the best team in the conference at times and that's a weaker conference I think Rutgers can knock them off if it gets to it I can see a Syracuse knocking them off I can see a West Virginia knocking them off. I don't see Houston getting to the Sweet 16. Could they win the next round? Sure. Um, I don't see them getting to the Elite Eight for sure, and they probably get knocked off for me. They're probably that. I just talked about the two seeds. They only only win that second game 67% of the time. One of these two seeds are going down. I told you how much I like Iowa. I told you Alabama might go down, but I kind of lean with Alabama. We all agree that we like Ohio State. Houston's probably that team.
1: All right, Tom. We, we've broken down the the regions. Let's get our let's get our final four picks here in, and uh, leading into a national champion. One, we're hours hours unveiled after the brackets, so obviously things can change. But I think we all agree on who are probably our four teams are going to be, in the team we think that will hoist the championship up at the end. In the West, I'm going Gonzaga, obviously.
0: I'm going Gonzaga, but I'm going to say this. I was very, very tempted to take Iowa here, Tim. Um, We know that there's been eight teams ever, right, that finished the year undefeated. This Gonzaga team is not as good as the Kentucky team that, that almost did this, and they seem to get picked off. And they don't get picked off on the championship game. They kind of get picked off either in the Final Four or in the Elite Eight. I can see Iowa playing with them and picking them off. I have Gonzaga officially but I was really tempted to take Iowa.
1: Interested to see who you like in the East.
0: I got Florida State. I know it's a little bit of a homer pick, but this is not because I'm a Florida State fan. It's probably more because I watch more ACC games, and I just know when this team clicks what they're capable of. I don't think anybody can handle their size. And like you said, look, I don't believe in Alabama as a two seed. I don't believe in Michigan as a number one seed. I don't believe in Texas as a three seed. So this is not really a case of me completely believing Florida State should be a a Final Four team. This is more going, someone's got to come out of this bracket, and I like Florida State and what they can do. I still believe that FSU should have been a three seed, so I'll take them. I'll take them to beat Michigan, who's banged up, beat an Alabama team that can't play defense, you know, beat Michigan State, who to me doesn't have the body of work. UConn failed at the end. Your Maryland team's dangerous. Georgetown's dangerous, but both of them have holes in their game. Give me Florida state.
1: So my, my handicapping on this one, I, I stayed with Michigan, Tom. I know they're, they're hurt. I I rode them through to the final four, but backtracking on Gonzaga. You're right. Gonzaga's going to lose, right? Tom, they're going to lose somewhere before they lead eight. I think if they get to the elite eight, it's, it's all systems go. And, um, they're in the Final Four, and then they're in the championship game. So that's why I like Michigan. I think Michigan will have a battle in the Sweet 16, no doubt, against Florida State. And whoever wins comes out of that bottom of the East. It's, like you said, it's a toss-up there. But I think Michigan is good enough, as we've, as we've seen through, you know. It's all going to come down to injuries, obviously, in depth. So I still like them there. I'd like them to get to, to Gonzaga. But I think that's where it runs it ends, and that's why I put Gonzaga into the final because, obviously, the West and the East will play, Tom. So I have Gonzaga and Michigan, but then I have Gonzaga moving into the final game.
0: Okay. I have Gonzaga, Florida State. I got Gonzaga in the final game.
1: Okay. Over in the South, I got I, – I, you kind of got a preview of it. I like Ohio State to come out of there. Yeah,
0: I went chalk. I went Baylor. I do believe that Baylor can get knocked off by North Carolina, but I'm not convinced that North Carolina can get past Wisconsin. I like Purdue, um, but again, Purdue, Villanova, Winthrop, whoever you're going with, if Baylor gets past North Carolina, and if they match up with Wisconsin, by the way, Baylor's going to going to beat them. So to me, Baylor has one hiccup, and that's if North Carolina gets through, and then they got to take on Ohio State. Head-to-head, I look at Ohio State, and oh and Baylor and I'm going you know what I just think Baylor's the better team I know that they haven't looked imp- that impressive but I think that they are the better team I got them going in the final four
1: I, I know Villanova's banged up severely if they survive the opening weekend Tom is this where the J Wright magic can it begin again
0: no I don't think so I, I don't I, you know how much I like Nova Nova's made me a lot of money Two two championships that I gave out before the year began. So, by the way, you guys out there, um, over the last six years or seven years, here's here's who I've given out: Virginia before the year, ten to one, I gave out; UConn, fifty five to one, I gave out; Villanova twice, four preseason winners. So I like Villanova, Tim. I like Jay Wright. I just don't see it with this team this year.
1: And in the bottom of the South. Do you have Ohio State in the Elite Eight, or is it going to get knocked off? And who do you have taking on Baylor in that Elite Eight if it's not Ohio State?
0: Yeah, I I got Ohio State going, but I think it's very tentative. I can see Texas Tech making a run. I think that they are a little underrated. I like V Tech to beat Florida, like I said, but they're not going to have enough staying power. So I have Ohio State, Baylor in what is going to be one of the more interesting matchups. I'm telling you, the Elite Eight matchups, between, if it happens between Iowa, Gonzaga, Ohio State, Baylor, wow, those are powerhouse matchups.
1: And in the Midwest, we we set it, Illinois, with the easiest path, according to us, to the Final Four. So we're not changing our picks here, right? We like Illinois in the Final Four. If, though, Tom, let's just say if they were to get bumped somewhere, who would be the team to take them out? In in their bracket, excuse me.
0: You know, see, that's the thing. I don't believe in Houston. Rutgers can make a run, but let's be honest, they're not going that far. I do not believe in West Virginia at all. Syracuse is going to get by. Okie State makes the most sense. I have them beating Okie State to go. I I am not buying into the complete and utter drool fest that is over Oklahoma State, but I see why people do like them. So Oklahoma State would be the team to knock them off if they had to.
1: So we have, you have Baylor, Illinois. In the final four matchup, who do you like there? I like Illinois. Okay, And I have Illinois over Ohio State. So the finals, Gonzaga for me, Illinois. Uh, you know, Tom, crazy as the year was, this is a new year, right? We're starting a new year with college basketball. Let me, give me Gonzaga to finish the, the Cinderella season. They may not be the best undefeated team ever, but in today's day and age right now, this would be a great way to end the season for me.
0: Tim, before the year began, I told everybody. I had Gonzaga beating Virginia, Illinois in the Final Four. But I I was taking Gonzaga to win it all. But I wasn't betting on it because there was really no value. But I did bet on Illinois. And I do have a ticket with Illinois. And I'm not getting off my ticket now. I think the Illini are the best team in the country. I've thought that for most of the year. And I know what Gonzaga has done. I get it. But if you're going to make the claim that the Big Ten is the greatest conference in America right now, then Illinois was the best team in the Big Ten. And when they had to, they rallied together as a team and humiliated number one seed Michigan. They also just went out there, Illinois. They just went out there in a game that really didn't matter to them. Obviously, you want the Big Ten Ten championship. But it really didn't matter. And I'm going with a battle-tested Illinois team. They are healthy. They are rolling. And it's the, one of the reasons why I always pick the ACC, Tim. I think if you if you go through a season and week in and week out, game in and game out every single night, you're going up against an elite team. And we're talking about the Ohio States, the Iowas, the Michigans, uh, right? You're going up against a, an elite team every single night. You're going to come out battle-tested. Illinois national champion.
1: So, Correct me if I'm wrong. Illinois is what odds to win? Seven? Are they seven to one?
0: Right now, I don't know. I actually haven't looked. Um, I, I I hold two tickets on them. I have one twenty to one and one eighteen to one. Illinois is probably right in that. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, they're about six to one, seven to one, depending on where you shop.
1: Okay. So, in your, obviously you're sitting on nicer tickets, but if you're looking for uh, you st- you know are those odds good enough now to bet them to win it all? I mean, you're still going seven to one.
0: Yeah, you could still do that. Here's the thing, though, Tim. If you see them going up against Gonzaga, they'll be underdogs, so you mm-hmm. could just take them just up until that game, right?
1: Right. I yeah, mean, Gonzaga is what two to one. So
0: yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. thing. If you believe Gonzaga is going to get to the championship, you, you know, you could just money moneyline Illinois when they get when they get there if they get all the way there.
1: And you you have the odds up in front of you. I have them. If you don't, no, I don't. Um, So Gonzaga's like two and a half to one. Baylor's four to one. Michigan's five and a half to one. Illinois six to seven to one. And then it drops dramatically into the two seeds, right, Tom? So Iowa would be the next best odds to win at twenty to one.
0: I think Iowa is a legitimate contender up against Gonzaga, strictly because they match up. It's the same thing with the North Carolina Baylor right? It's a matchup situation. I don't think I was all, you know, that tremendous or national champion level, but I think they match up really, really well with Gonzaga. Um, That's going to be a dangerous game. And it's the same thing, Baylor, North Carolina. I'll be all over UNC just because of a pure watching film, statistical matchup situation where they absolutely do what, what they really, you know, don't do well. I can see that. How about a Cinderella team? Him. do you have a team? Because, look, I got three number ones and a number four. I, I don't think Florida State's necessarily a Cinderella team at this point. They should have won the ACC championship, They, right? Um, they won the ACC regular season championship last year. So I don't think I have a, a Cinderella. How, give me a Cinderella team, a team that is, let's say, six or higher that you think could make some noise, maybe push a Final Four run.
1: Ooh. six or higher. Um, obviously, I, I like the schools in the Big Ten. I think both 7-10 matchups, I like the 10 seeds there. And you get through, and I'm talking about Rutgers and Maryland, of course. You you get into that second-round matchups. Houston and, and Alabama, as you pointed out, are vulnerable at that point. So that puts possibly one of those teams into the Sweet 16. Eight nines, I think, are. are I, like, I like your assessment on North Carolina. I like Wisconsin on the other end as well. I think. If Baylor goes down, it could be in that second-round game, like you said, against either of those schools. The other eight nines I'm not so, so much sold on. After that, Tommy, you know, I think it was seated correctly. It's, it's weird for me. I don't, I don't really like much. I, I would say Rutgers, Maryland, uh, North Carolina would be my, my top three. They're eights and higher.
0: Yeah, I, I, I throw UConn in that group, too. I know they're up against your Maryland team, uh, but I, I like UConn and Rutgers are the two for me. That I'm looking at, I'm going. Yeah, they, they could cause some problems here. They could cause some serious problems. How about these playing games? Can you can we talk about this for a minute yeah. here? Um, yeah. I basically just pushed it aside and I said Michigan State over UCLA. The line is only like two. I, I think Michigan State waltzes all over them in this game. To me, they can make some noise in this tournament. I'm not talking about Norfolk Appalachian town I don't I don't care about that. I'm talking about Michigan State. I think they can absolutely make a, l- a little bit of noise in this tournament. And Wichita, Drake, I can see either one of them knocking off USC, potentially catching Kansas in a Virginia situation where all of a sudden, you know, Kansas, because of COVID, has the same traveling situation. And we could see a Wichita or a Drake have to play a play-in game and all of a sudden playing in the Sweet 16.
1: Chris Wynn, Tommy, his... his uh... Cinderella team would be Oklahoma, Lon Kruger.
0: Oh, I got Oklahoma going out in the first round. <laughs> you know, all, well, the reason I look—that's a toss-up game. It's an eight-nine, so I'm not going to. Yeah. But, but I just—the problem is, Chris—is once Oklahoma gets by, <laughs> they got to face Gonzaga. Yeah, their game number it, two is Gonzaga.
1: Right, and it's debatable they should even be in the field. as far as I'm concerned, but. Yeah, unfortunately, Obligio. you know,
0: I, I would love I'd love to see Winthrop do something here. Um, to me, they're a, a fun 12 to root for. I think Colgate is a fun 14 seed to root for. Um, and everybody loves more head, Tim. So I'll take a little more head state. That's uh, a, a team to root for there. All right, I mean, you got a couple you got a couple of rooting interest. To kind of. We didn't mess, m- mention sister Jean. What about Sister Jean, or Loyola? Do they have any chance to knock off Illinois? No. That defense is fun, though. I, I like defensive basketball. That defense is fun, but yeah, they don't. They don't have a chance.
1: I think about Illinois, and you've said it all year, Tommy. I'm, you know, I always give you credit. You talking about them from our preview show? They're so deep, too. That's the thing, you know. That they come in. They, it's like it's almost like when you play them, it's waves. And you think you get through a wave and all of a sudden here comes another one. I mean, they're just, I think, I do, I agree. I think they're the best team in the country other than Gonzaga. (laughs) That's how I feel. (laughs) But I think they're also sitting, you know, it's hard to say they're a one that's overlooked, but look at the odds. The odds tell you right there that they're the fourth best number one seed according to the odds. So obviously they're overlooked, and I think you use it as motivation. I think they kind of just steamroll themselves through.
0: I don't see a lot in their way. To me, look, this is why I said it's weird. To me, the Western bracket might be the toughest bracket. Mm-hmm. It might be. I think the South is pretty tough. The East, I think, is going to be a complete mess. I think that's that is going to blow up everyone's bracket. And I think for the, I think the Midwest bracket, to me, Illinois has got a, a pretty, pretty nice path. I think Illinois and Michigan got pretty interesting paths. Gonzaga got a tough bracket, and I think Baylor's bracket. I mean, look at Baylor's bracket. UNC, just the name value. Baylor, UNC, Wisconsin, Villanova, a decent Texas Tech team. Arkansas is playing hot. Florida, Ohio State, and then the Gonzaga bracket where so many things can happen. So I, I You could argue that Gonzaga has to face the best team in the ACC in Virginia, the best team in the Big Ten in Creighton, The best team in the Pac-12 in USC and the second best team in the Big 12 in Kansas. I mean, you can argue that, which is crazy that Gonzaga has to go through that kind of road.
1: Tommy has Illinois. Chris Wynn likes Illinois. Tim with Gonzaga. Uh, Chris Wynn's backup choice, Tommy, would be Alabama and Nate Oates. You think that they're destined to possibly a second round eviction?
0: Yeah, I got Bama losing. <laughs> I got Bama losing the second game. I, I Look, I think I think. Uh, recency bias is one thing. I know that. But I think what I've watched from Alabama recently, Tim, has just been ugly defense. I don't like teams that rely upon we have to score 90 to win tonight. And when you're going up against good quality teams in that second round, we know it's going to be either Maryland or UConn. Uh, to me, Alabama's overrated, and Maryland and UConn, both a little underrated. It would not shock me to watch Alabama not making it to next weekend.
1: Essentially, this is, this is the test, right? You play the season, and you have every expert telling you who the best conferences are. You watch the games, and, and really, with nine teams in from the Big Ten, like you just said, somebody's got the odds there are with the Big Ten, but... The way they're seeded out, and sometimes you just can't go by the number, right, Tom? The the matchup is different, and depending on the schedules. But I, I think the Big Ten disrespected, in, in as far as most of those teams. Other than you look at the top half, right, okay? But I think when you look at the bottom half of those teams, I'm talking about team six, seven, eight, nine that got in, maybe undervalued here, and, and that's at least my belief, and that's where I'm going with. I may be dead wrong come after come after next Sunday, but I feel the Big Ten will have a good showing here in week one.
0: Uh, I will tell you this, Tim. I've started to uh, break down. This is this this is this tournament this year. I started to break down some of my bets, okay, and my initial looks. And I have ten initial looks. Eight of them are straight games, not totals, okay. So I have eight games, seven underdogs I like. Seven. Wow. So that, that's I, a, a money making venture.
1: Money making yeah. venture, right there, man.
0: You know, I mean, to me, I, I think there's going to be a lot of ripped up brackets pretty early. Yeah, I'm going to be sitting there. I'll, I'll start, you know, watching the confetti fly at <laughs> the book this weekend because I think that the brackets are going to be ripped up and they're going to be ripped up pretty early this year.
1: Time for a final timeout here on a Sunday night. Heat Wave Sports, we come back. We're going to move over Major League Baseball, the AL West is the division we'll break down for you tonight as we move into uh, it's going to be a great great week of college basketball starting thursday baseball on the deck though and we're looking at the also so houston astros you're up to bat on the other side of the timeout it's heatwave sports fox sports radio
0: Training begins in two weeks. Here's a list of the players we'll be
1: inviting to camp.
0: I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead.
1: Cross him off, then.
0: This is e Wave Sports. Here's Tom Barton and Tim Unglesby.
1: Time to continue our Major League Baseball previews. So far here on e Wave Sports, the National League East, the National League West and the American League Central have been broken down for you. You can find those up over on uh, LV Sports Network in the podcast section there and, and see who we like. We'll recap it at the end, of course, and, and get you to our World Series champion here in just two weeks' time, Tom, because opening day, two weeks away. Uh, how you liking spring training so far?
0: Yeah, I'm liking it, man. You know, I I, I always love the minor leaguers and the reports how they're doing and you kind of get to see him he going you know what we're we're not gonna see wander franco this year right away but they had him moving over he's playing third base mackenzie gore's looking good i like i like watching the young guys it doesn't really matter to me you know watching giancarlo stanton go deep it doesn't do anything for me i go okay that's cool uh just stay healthy kind of thing (laughs) yeah just kind of get out of there healthy but i like seeing the young guys making a name for themselves
1: Who do we like in the American League West? We're going to start alphabetically. Dusty Baker, Tom, returns for year two in Houston last year. Under 500 in the regular season. They make the playoffs and almost, if it wasn't for Tampa, Tom, almost win the American League to head into the World Series. They didn't, though. And this year, coming back for a full season, you look at an older team now, right, Tom, a team that's suffered through... uh, a well-deserved ragging last year and it really affected them. You saw most of the season. I don't know if it's because of the stress, Tom, or because it could cheat one of the other or both it could be. But when you look at the Astros this year, what do you take away from them?
0: Uh, you know, I, I'm trying not to be emotional here because I, I want them to stink. But what I, <laughs> what I look at is is a lot of question marks. Bregman is already banged up in camp. Alvarez, a massive bat, has knee problems. Lance McCullers trying to work himself back they they have as a closer but they lost Ozuna Uh, they have a lot of turnover here there is no Justin Verlander to kind of set the tone they're going very young and I don't think people realize how young they're actually going especially in the pitching staff you got a guy like Zach who lost another mile per hour off his fastball now he's been pitching in the high 80s for years when does when, when does that kind of come to a head, right? When does Zach Greinke f- start to fall apart? I think there's a lot of worry for the Astros. To me, they're a team that COVID really is hurting because their young pitchers didn't get the necessary innings to make that big inning bump. So the guys that they're going to be relying upon, Lance McCullers come back from an injury, Zach Ranky is an older guy, and then all their young starting pitching, I don't think they're going to be able to maintain and pitch the innings necessary their bullpens a little bit weaker their offense has a little bit of questions but they're a little bit weaker without George Springer everything points to the Astros a little bit weaker and in a division like this a little bit weaker I think they're closer to 500 than they are to win in the division
1: so I saw that they did bring in Zach Odorizzi to that to add to the staff Tom I only got in about four games of action last year before because he came was coming off an injury so they throw him in there as, as another veteran arm but really it's uh, Vasquez right and, and your'requitie that we're gonna have to keep an eye on.
0: yeah and you look at both of them and you're just what can they possibly give you you know mm-hmm. what can they can they give you that is going to be in a position where you're going oh that makes sense it's just there's there's a lot of talent there but there's a lot more question marks than there is talent.
1: When you look at the offense, and I noticed uh, in a league where in Tommy, you, you picked up Alec Bregman. You're looking for a big year from him. What about Correa, who's consistently looks like he's gone down, and now that Altuve's been caught, you saw what happened last year with him.
0: Yeah, look, you, you, you're not sure. To me, Alvarez is the big thing. You know, Alvarez has an opportunity to literally be David Ortiz light, but... Those knee problems are a work. If you want to sit here and get, get, have a serious argument to him that Alvarez is going to lead the league in home runs, I, I can have that. I, I can sit here and make a case that Alvarez is going to lead the league in home runs. That's how talented I think he is. But those injuries are going to be a problem. Altuve now with the injuries, and Bregman with it, the, they're, they're just not, they're, they're not going to be a consistent ball club. I think they're going to go through points where we're like, wow, this is the Astros, but they're also going to hit those big speed bumps as well.
1: Angels, Joe Madden also year number two for Joe, eight games under five hundred last year, no playoffs again for the Angels. This year, Tom it, You know, when you look at what they added in the offseason, so basically you trade Anderson Simmons out for Jose Iglesias. you bring in Dexter Fowler, you're hoping Adele stays up with the team this year and you and you hope Otani is healthy. Uh, a lot of question marks for the Angels, but maybe not as bad as some people are, are thinking. Or is that just the fan in me speaking out right now?
0: No, Tim, I I sort of like the Angels this year. And I feel like I get into this position every year where I start to go, you know, I'm making a case for them. Uh, this year, I, I think the case is there, though. I like this offense. I And I'm not only talking about, obviously, Trout. Um, Anthony Rendon. Is still vastly underrated. What David Fletcher does is exactly what this team needs. I like Jared Walsh. I like the addition of Dexter Fowler to give Joe Adele kind of that that spot. And I think Otani's going to be better. I mean, you could make an argument that this is going to be the best lineup in this conference and this in this uh, division, but also in the American League, maybe outside the Yankees. This is a really good lineup. So it's the starting pitching, which it always is. I think Andrew Heaney is a fine number three. I think Dylan Bundy is a fine number two. Quintana, Channing, Cobb, what does Otani give you? I get it. You know, these guys, they, they're they just missing that one. I love the fact that they got Inglacius. I like the and Inglacius back-to-back. I like their bullpen. So the Angels have question marks and they have problems. But again, this is a team that... They could put it together. And what I do know about the Angels is if they're close to him, they're going to make some moves.
1: Right. If they're close, Artie Moreno will open the book up, and he'll tra- he'll trade the farm away. We saw that when they went out and got Zach Greinke years ago. He'll trade the farm away to do it. And because they haven't been there in so long, you know, we'll, we'll see come trade time. But this was my handicap on them, and I'm trying to, to be non-fandemonium here. But you're right. Offensively, that lineup's loaded with guys that can hit 20-plus home runs. There's no doubt about it. I'm talking about, you know, the trade for Iglesias for Simmons, other than money, you're giving up defense, but you're adding offense, right? Iglesias, 20 home run power there. We saw him do it in Detroit. Upton, he'll strike out a lot, Tom, but if he's healthy, he's definitely a 20-25 guy. A- and, you know, it, a lot of it shoulders what you said. Can Otani stay healthy for the, for the whole season? And I look at the rotation, too. I like Heaney. I like uh, Griffin Canning. Quintana's a great veteran, but you said it with the bullpen. You, if they're healthy and you go butchery Pena, uh, Mike Myers to Iglesias, if they can shorten games, they're going to win a lot of close baseball games, and I think that's what's going to keep them in the race.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, and and that's the thing. You are looking at uh, the, the absence of a number one starting pitcher, but, Tim, if Otani could give you uh, – Let's say even 15 starts. Let's say let's say 13 starts, right? They're important starts. This could be a dangerous team because he does pitch like a number one.
1: Go to Oakland. We'll stay in California. We'll go to Oakland. Bob Melvin, year number 11 with the A's, one of the longest tenured managers in Major League Baseball. He's been very successful in Oakland, Tom. They've won three division titles, been in the playoffs six times in his 10 seasons as the manager there. How about Oakland? We've talked years past about the youth that Oakland has. Much of it is now in the, in the lineup and the rotation, Tommy. Now they just have to put it together, and can they, say, repeat a American League West title that they did have last year? We get the playoffs, we know it's a completely different story.
0: No, they can't. And every year I tell you, no, Oakland can't, and every year they seem to... Prove me wrong, but no. Oh, look, I'm a big fan of Matt Olsen and Matt Chapman. A big fan of that. Uh, you have Sean Murphy as a catcher. He might be something down the line. Don't see it happening this year. You're looking at Chad Pinder, Mark Connor, Laureano, who still hasn't been that. Steven Piscotti, you're hoping to scrape something together with. They went out and they got Elvis Andrews. To, I don't know what else he has left in him. Then you take away the best closer. You're hoping that Jake Deepman uh, fills into that role. Are they going to squeeze something out of Sergio Romo? I don't even think their bullpen is very good this year. And then the starting pitching. Montas is is, uh, injured. Manea, you know he's only going to give you about hundred, maybe 110 innings. Fires is more like a four at this point in his career. Luzardo is a four or five. Chris Bassett pitched way above his head. Anybody really believe that Chris Bassett's that good? Because I don't. I don't. I don't think Oakland is a serious title contender this year. To me, they have to take a step back when you lose some of the pieces that they lost. They're closer to five hundred.
1: We get to see a lot of AJ Puck though this year. I think that's uh, positive. I'm interested to see how his career pans out.
0: Yeah, you know he's going to be in the bullpen, obviously. Mm-hmm. And but what is he going to be? I mean, they said maybe if Mike fires. Goes down, maybe they'll start stretching him out, and you're going, wait a minute, you know, are you, are we messing with this kid already? Are, are they already messing with him, Tim? We'll just stretch you out sometimes, but sometimes we're not going to stretch you out, and maybe you'll be here That's the stuff that starts
1: to worry me. What What about Luzardo, a guy that had a ton of ton of publicity coming in? Pitched he pitched okay at times last year, right? But they haven't penciled in right now as a two behind Montes, but Montes, like you said, injured. Is is it just uh, other than that? He, I mean, the fastball is amazing. But what, what don't you like about Jesus Lozardo?
0: He's a solid player. They're pushing him to be a one, mm. right? I mean, if he wasn't a lefty, Tim, what do you get excited about here, right? Yeah. He, he's he's striking out exactly one batter per inning. Exactly. He he walks more than I like. His ERA is over four. I mean, this is what you're looking at. Does he have talent? Sure, but if I told you those kind of stats, you're going to go, "Yeah, all right." Yeah, he's he's that guy. To me, six foot one ninety-three, which I think is really about five ten, probably like one eighty-five. He's a skinny guy. He's a lefty, so he's going going to automatically confuse people. But when push comes to shove, I can't count on him to anchor my staff.
1: Let alone, you don't know what he's going to give you come August, September, because he's not used to pitching like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's kind of my point of, of bringing up his size, because I think he's going to get
1: worn down. About a team like the Seattle Mariners and Scott Service, his uh, beginning year six as a manager in Seattle had one. Well, he's had two winning seasons, but those were early, earlier on in o sixteen and o eighteen. I mean, you look at the Mariners, a lot of young young guys here, a lot of depth as far as youngsters go, so we'll, we're going to get to see a lot of the kids play in Seattle this year, Tom.
0: Yeah, and I think Seattle's intriguing. I do. Um, besides the fact that Kel Nick might be coming up, Kyle Lewis looked fantastic last year. Dylan Moore looks pretty good. Mitch Hanniger, don't forget about this guy all of a sudden. J.P. Crawford was a former big-time pick. Kyle Seeger had a rejuvenation kind of year. Evan White, they have some talent, but I like the starting pitching in the bullpen. Marco Gonzalez is vastly underrated. Kukichi came over with all kinds of expectations. James Paxton might be, uh, look, the best three in the league. He might turn into Justice Sheffield. He's fine, too. And then Montero and what they did there. I know that they're not going to even push 500 here, Tim. But I think they're going to be a fun, exciting team.
1: And you'll get to see that's the thing about Seattle is you're gonna get to see pop, probably their future in that you just said the guys Kellinick, Dylan Moore, Ty France, Shed Long, all all top prospects are gonna get an opportunity to play in that and like you said, Lewis, rookie of the year, right? So they're gonna be fun to watch in stretches, but I, I think you I think like you said, five hundreds would be best case scenario. And um it's just it's it's uh, interesting, you know, when you look at Seattle and you really look at how long it's been since they've been a a winning franchise. It's 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 been quite a while, actually. So maybe these kids can rejuvenate the the team there up in the northwest.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at it, Tim, and you just say uh, they need something. They need to to kind of get that fan base. I used to go there all the time, and I will tell you that is a really fun fan base. It's a really good fan base out there. They really just need that that's something to kind of push them over the edge
1: and the texas rangers chris woodward year three he uh has not had a great run as the manager in texas obviously again we're talking about a team that's that's younger and has had to rebuild when you look at the rangers where do you have them this year
0: rangers are going to be garbage they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league um I do like what they're building. I like that they're building Nate Lowe. I think that was a really good trade for them to, to take a shot at. Willie Calhoun has a lot of potential. Nick Solak has a lot of potential. Go, Joey Gallo, we could know he could go yard. They got Chris Davis is going to bash the ball. Ronald Guzman's going to hit it a, a, a ton. But they're pitching his projects, Tim. Kyle Gibson, Jordan Lyles, Colby Allard, Dane Dunning. There's not a one on this team. There's not a two on this team. Tim, there might not be a three on this team. Fulton, Nevitz, Yang, maybe they could be threes or four. I don't even see a one or two or a three on this team. To me, this is a bunch of fours and maybe fives battling it out. The bullpen isn't terrible with Hernandez and LeClerc and whatnot, but they're just not going to have the pitching to compete at all.
1: Yeah, it's um, our buddy Ron, big Texas Rangers fan. And and, uh, I know you saw that they're expecting huge crowd opening day in Texas for that one. And, and that's kind of before we even get into our predictions. You know, when you're looking at a lot of these states opening up, Tom, opening day is going to be probably more well-attended than we figured it was going to be, just say, a month ago.
0: It's such a beautiful thing. It's just such a beautiful thing. Uh, Texas is opening up 100% capacity, no mask mandate. Uh, it, it's so good to see. It just it is. There's no other way around it. It's a fantastic— fantastic thing here's the problem tim uh they're gonna have 100 capacity we're opening up fully no one's going to come out to see the ranges because they're going to be so bad i mean <laughs> they, they really are they're going to be so awful that no one's going to go out there and, and watch them um but I, I i am really really happy that we're finally coming to our senses with you know the mistake was made it was a year of our lives that was a giant huge mistake let's correct the mistake and i'm glad to see uh, one of the best governors in the in the country in Abbott and what he's doing down there the rangers are going to be opening up things are getting back to normal tim finally uh, we have lost our co- collective minds for a year now we're back to normal
1: i think i think you'll see some decent crowds at first right just because people want to want to go but you're right come dog days of summer and they're sitting 15 16 18 games under 5 it might get a little thin then but Hey, man, enjoy it while you can, right?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you have to think, even with some of the young players, that, that enthuses people, right? I want to see what Nate Lowe looks like. I want to I see Nick Solak. I want to see some of these guys. Something interesting to keep in mind, though, by the way, about Texas is we're so used to the ball flying out of the park. The Texas Rangers, that stadium is playing to the pitchers now, Tim. Yeah. So that's something to, to pay attention to. That is a pitcher's ballpark all of a sudden.
1: Do we have a rule on teams in the postseason yet? Have they decided this?
0: They they are saying it's going to
1: be uh, back to the six. Okay. That helps out when we're doing our predictions, right, Tom? So we know who to put in for the uh, wild cards. I would say so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what about New York now? Yankee Stadium and um, whatever what is she called City field now what what is the for opening day situations what are they allowing?
0: As of right now um, and and this is dead serious, the more accusers that come out uh, for Cuomo touching them uh, and, and being sexually assaulted the more that things are opening up every single day and I'm not I'm not trying to be funny I'm dead serious every single day you, you turn on the news, And it's another accuser came out against Cuomo. And oh, by the way, more of the state's opening up. that's what you read all the time. Where it stands right now is we're still, we are now just opening up on the 19th. We're gonna open up to 75% capacity um, outside of New York City but in the rest of New York. Uh, 75% capacity in the bars and restaurants. In New York City, Tim, it's still under 50%. Hmm. So where they're looking with, with the stadiums, they're going to let people in, but they're talking about maybe 25%. Now, his last accuser came out and he uh, had another accuser and he decided to start off his quote-unquote press conference uh, talking about how he does believe concerts are going to be coming here soon. So how, what are you going to do? Are you Are going to sell concert tickets? Is somebody going to perform for 25% crowd? I'm not sure where this is going. And you also have to remember that where it sits right now with New York, Cuomo is being asked to resign, uh, you know, yeah. so once he resigns, there there was a lot of speculation that the minute he resigns, everything's going to change. And then there was a committee that said he would get stripped of all of his all of his mandates would go away because they're all illegal mandates anyway. Right. They would all go away if he does get resigned. I don't know what to think about it. I don't know how much is going to go into it. I don't think that the the worst governor in the country who is Andrew Como and has been all year. I don't think he's going to have that position for very long. So I think that's an almost impossible question to answer just because I don't think he's going to be the one making the decisions.
1: You're, you're, so your bar is going to be 75% come this week?
0: Yes. Finally, this week, um, they opened up pool and billiards in the bars. Uh, they opened up pool halls. Mm-hmm. Things are slowly kind of getting back to, to normal. And the amount of lawsuits that are up against you know the state are, are staggering at this point, so they are getting back to normal. They're kind of letting people actually live their lives again.
1: So you'll have a pretty full bar for March Madness.
0: Yeah, it should be pretty awesome. Um, we do, you know, we do a, a pretty good sports vibe, but it's also the pool, the uh, billiards, the leagues are coming back. It'll be finally <laughs> back to normal. What's funny is though. They're doing this, though, Tim. You see what date they picked? They didn't give us St. Patrick's Day again. Last year, yeah. they closed all the bars on the 16th, March 16th, and now they're going to be opening us up on the 19th. Right.
1: Well, they don't they don't want to have, if there's an outbreak, it's because they allowed it to happen on St. Patrick's Day, right? Is that their uh, thinking on that one, I would, I would assume? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> there's not
0: a lot of thinking going on from any of the states that shut down. Them. There's not a lot of thinking going on. The only thinking that's going on is in Texas and Florida, who <laughs> has been open the entire time and, and living their best life.
1: Do you, do you still have to sell or give out Uncrustables? Oh, is yes. A- yes. Yeah,
0: sandwiches, Tim. Sandwiches. Okay. They, right. they are. They are officially <laughs> sandwiches. <laughs> that was uh, that was the, the rule. Now we have to offer, um, for the pool leagues, we have to offer wipes. But we don't have to make them wipe anything down. But we have to offer wipes. Okay. So, yeah. Even though it's well, been for, proven that COVID doesn't transmit from, <laughs> from touch. Yeah, doesn't matter. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. They hate science. These people hate science.
1: <laughs> for me, let's go, Tom. I'm going to take Houston to win the division still. I still think there's enough there for them to creep out of that one. But I have the Angels making the sixth wild card spot in the American League.
0: I'm taking your Angels, Tim. I think everybody's down in that division. I think 86 wins probably wins that division, and I think I'm going with your Angels. I I believe that they're going to have to chase the Astros late in the season. They're going to be in it, but the Astros' youth is going to get to them, and you're going to watch the Angels go out there and make a move. Joe Adele might be playing for a different team, but you're going to have a number one starter there, and you're going to go over the hump.
1: All right. So you got the Angels, and we have one division left, and we'll, we'll go to the AL East next week. And that'll be a fun one on Sunday night. You like the Angels? I like the Astros, but I also have the Angels making the playoffs. And uh, we'll fine-tune this, right, Tommy? We've got the AL East still to go. And then the, well, this will be a fun one, the NL Central, right, Tommy? You already know where, where we're going with this one. But those will be our last two divisions as we wrap up our look through the Major League Baseball previews heading into opening day April the 1st. Tom, talk about the website. Obviously, you got plenty of action going on this week.
0: Uh, Plenty of action going on, and you know, look, you guys could talk about numbers all you want. Sixty-one percent for this college basketball season—that's what I'm hitting when you're talking about. How? Oh, wait, Tom, you get other sports. How about this for the NHL? Remember, I'm not a huge NHL guy, right? That's all, all they ever tell me, Tim. I'm hitting 80% in the NHL this year, 80%. Tim, absolutely rocking and rolling, dominating at TomBartonSports.com. Also, listen, next weekend, it's going to be Sports Garden. We have a big show coming up. Our buddy Rob Mish is going to come on. I have Andy Bagwell talking about uh, Duke in North Carolina. So big show coming up this week as well. And uh, we're going to have Carlos Bayer on in two weeks to go over. Uh, the Major League Baseball spectrum as well. So make sure you guys go check out SportsGuard. It's hashtag S-G-N.
1: DeMond hit the music. We're on out of here. Tommy, of course, I'm looking forward to this week with you and talking about the games. All the action starts Thursday with the first four. So good luck to you and of course the website, Tom Barton Sports.
0: Thanks a lot, guys. Let's go, Illinois.
1: For Tom Barton, Tim Unglesby, DeMond Cotton, this is it. Have a great sports week, obviously. College basketball. We'll break it down for you next Saturday night on Heatwave Sports. With that being said, we will talk to you next Saturday night at 10 o'clock. It's Heatwave Sports. It's on Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 989 FM, 1340 AM. Have a good week. Here's a couple things
0: they should know about May. No B, just a one-way ticket. This is what it takes. That's the difference.
1: All my life, it's my time